This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Welcome back. Why am I wearing sunglasses? You'll see in just one quick second. It's a very exciting day. We have a lot to talk about. It's Django Unchained. The D is silent. I'll see you guys in just one quick second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's action movie anatomy. Ooh. Oh, yeah, she's got yeah, this it. This song could have actually popped up in Django. It could have, yeah. <laughs> it should have. It really should have. That's the better answer. Yeah, there yes. you go. See, Brianne knows. Yeah. yeah, that's right. We got Miss Movies here, Miss Brianne Chandler, a longtime friend of the show. We've been fans of her yeah. work for a very long time. Yeah, Hello. welcome back. Welcome back to the show, guys. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. I enjoyed being on for Enemy of the State, which I hounded you oh, yeah. incessantly for months. That was a good one. Yeah, Ben and I are very... <laughs> We're getting our lives together, but yeah. you came on for Enemy of the State, and you also came on for Cliffhanger a year yes. before that, I believe. Love that. Are we forgetting one other? No, that's it. No, that's those it. two? Those yeah. two. Oh, Stacy was on for The Mummy. That's yes, what it was. Yes, she was. Yeah, and that's right. And so, uh, Brianne Chandler here, a general in the Action Army. Yes. Uh... Requested to do Django, and she also requested that we dress up something for Quentin Tarantino. Ben and I pulled a fast one. <laughs> she said, yeah, lose the lose the t-shirts and uh, lose the suits and put on t-shirts. Well, we don't own t-shirts, so we just decided <laughs> we would Quentin Tarantino it up, and we would do the Reservoir Dogs look. Very different than what we normally do. It's very you should have called me. I could have done it yeah. too. <laughs> well, but, but you had a sweet one. I mean, you have this I badass do. jacket. Yeah. I do. I had to sew these patches on this jacket because it didn't come like this. When I walked into the studio, uh, Juliet, who's up in the booth, Jules, how's it going? How are you? She stopped me and she said, what the hell are you wearing? I'm just kidding. I didn't <laughs> that say didn't that. was way <laughs> too nice to say that to you. Because <laughs> I look literally exactly how I always look. Um, but we are going to wear the sunglasses for a portion of the show we because, are. you know, it's Reservoir Dogs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, guys, this is Action Movie Anatomy. We talk action movies on the show. They adhere to four basic rules. Rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. Uh, there's a hero duo. Really, truly, the hero is Jamie Foxx. Right. And he does continue, well... Kind of. He, he learns to play Christoph's by his own rules. rules. He yeah. learns the rules, <clears throat> and then he plays by them for the rest of the movie. Yes, and I believe that Kristoff laid those rules out. And they're, they're, they're a hero combo. Mm. So, yes. They're, uh, so, yes, the hero does always play by their own rules. Rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people, beings, creatures, aliens, dogs. In the room, yeah. I would, I would <clears throat> say that if you're going to, like, the hero duo and Calvin Candy... They're kind of the smartest. Right, so, I mean, is Leo the bad guy? He's, is he the main bad guy of the movie? By the end of the movie, it actually feels that Sam Jackson is, but I right. think that, yeah, Leo <laughs> is the bad guy. Slavery. The Slavery duo, is the bad guy. They're the duo yes. evil. Yeah. Because, like, Leo technically isn't the smartest person in the room in the dinner scene. Yeah. But he's got Sam Jackson to back him up. Right. 100%. To, give, to let, him, let him in on what's happening. Rule number three, the movie is driven by police, military, political, or mercenary figure. Yeah. Yeah. They're mercenary. They are mercenaries. That's what bounty hunters are. <clears throat> yeah, mm-hmm. it's driven by them. And rule number four, the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. There's a bunch, bunch of explosions <laughs> in this film. Always. Yeah. Uh, yes, guys. So we are on the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies, all things movie-related and talking pop culture about a bucket full. We've got a lot of fun segments coming up today on the show, uh, including 
Schmodown Corner coming back, making it making an appearance. We're gonna be in our top five Quentin Tarantino films. Each of us gotta count down a list, uh, answering some of your AMA questions. It's gonna be a good show, a lot of fun stuff to break down. And I, I suggest uh, before we fully get into it, I should probably introduce the panel. You know, we did a soft we, we did a soft intro. We did. I was so excited. I jumped. I jumped on top of it. You I, jumped in. I did. I yeah. apologize. You're a tank. I, I am. They call him the tank. <laughs> no one calls me that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Brian Chandler. Uh, Brian, what shows are you still doing? Are you still oh. doing both of your main shows? I am <clears throat> not doing both of my main shows. You're I'm not? doing the I'm at home, I have two kids, and they're yeah. driving me nuts show right now. That's fair. Yeah. That's a fair point. <laughs> but <laughs> That's the what's people... happening. But I work on Schmodown. Yes, you yeah. run the Patreon. You're I one do. of the major personalities over there. Yeah, I, I do handle all of the people that come in for Patreon, and I do all the fulfillment that goes out. Yeah. And if I am off, then the entire show is off. Yeah, so yes. Patreon is Patreon management is no joke, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ben and I have learned firsthandly. <laughs> like Brian and I were talking before the show, and she's like, "Yeah, you know, I'm trying to deal with Patreon. There's so much going mm-hmm. on." And I was like, "Oh yeah, you're preaching <laughs> to the choir. You've got." <laughs> Like 10,000 more people than I do. And I can't even deal with my 150. I can't even wipe my out. (laughs) If you know mythology, I'm the Atlas of the show. Okay. I'm holding the whole thing on your back. (laughs) That's it. Yeah, right. There I am. And Christian is Ayn Rand. (laughs) What's your. What's your. You have a a match coming up, don't you? I do, this Friday. It's uh, Take the Cannoli, which is myself and Drew McWeeny, and we are going up against the Harris Brothers. Oh, yes. The Harris Brothers. Jonathan Harris. Right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Her- because JTE is now out of the tournament. That's yeah, right. John is in the tournament. This is literally Schmodown Corner right now. Right now. Oh. This is what we're doing. This is what Schmodown <laughs> Corner is. is, is we talk about Schmodown and what's coming up. And we it. wear sunglasses. And uh, we wear sunglasses. We'll just, we'll but say then that. we do that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, is we need to, uh, we you part. can find her online at Miss Movies. You yeah. can find me at Andrew Guy, and we'll get into the Schmodown in a little bit. Yes, perfect. Okay. Yeah, He's there good we go. Amazing. Yeah. Good segue. Uh, yes. I'm Ben Babin. Um, so... <laughs> I don't care where you can find me. Um, okay, let's get into the first segment on the show, guys. We're going to watch the trailer for the film, and then we're going to do our thesis statements afterwards. I don't remember the trailer. I will tell you this. I can't see it with these glasses <laughs> on, either. and I'm with yeah, my bad weird. vision. We'll, we'll, we'll put them back on later. Yeah, we were. Good right evening, oh, so right. I'm <laughs> Dr. King Schultz. What kind of doctor? We've been crippled. I'm old. Dentist? Amongst your inventory, I've been led to believe is a specimen I'm keen to acquire. What's your name? Django, then you're exactly the one I'm looking for. Hey, no sale. It's funny that's Remar in both scenes. Very well. Yeah. yeah. I, I was going to say, I don't know if there's an actor you no. just like to listen to say words more, but there's, you know, there's the James Earl Jones and the yeah, Morgan Freemans of the world, but he's got an amazing... Uh, Remar? Yeah. Or no, 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 Kristoff. Uh, yeah, they're going Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Better they are, bigger the reward. I'm looking for the Brittle Brothers. I know what they look like. His right. turn in my wife. in uh, no, Glorious no, Bastards is one of the most like delightful firsts for an actor I've ever okay, seen. Where you're like, I've never seen this guy before. Yeah. yeah, this guy. Who yes. is this guy? Yeah. You know, and, and it starts what from an the very beginning. Yeah, yeah, he's so good. Bullseye. Come on over. We got us a fight going on. That's a good bit of fun. Yeah, behind all of the like humor of this movie. <laughs> And the coolness of this movie. Oh, there's. It's like just horrific. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and that's like, they do such a good job of juxtaposing it in those scenes with Leo where it's like yeah. there's comedy and levity while there's just like literally people beating themselves to death in the background. Yeah. Yeah, it's so savage. 
kind of shocking you only see one of the Mandingo fights. So you just see the one, and it's that's, that's, that's all they. That's true. They never go yeah. back to it. <clears throat> I yeah, think it's enough. <laughs> it is enough. <laughs> it's that's so for sure. Savage. The way it ends. Oh, the, yeah. What's your name? Django. The D is silent. <laughs> That's probably my favorite line. I was so happy you said that in the intro. If you didn't, <laughs> yeah. I was going to like, we need to cut and restart. And redo it again. <laughs> and redo it again. Uh, so, guys, that is the trailer for Django Unchained. Uh, this is a middle point in Quentin Tarantino's career, and we'll be talking about Tarantino in just a little bit. But before we get there, I suggest we get into thesis statement. It's your biggest, boldest thoughts. The thing that when the, when the movie comes up, you say, you know what? This is what I think about Django Unchained. It's the first, the only, the last, the best, what have you. Should never just be... You know, this is my favorite Jamie Foxx movie. Um, nobody would ever say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll hop in first. I think I'm going to hop in first. I'll hop in first. Do I it. don't like Jamie Foxx. <laughs> I don't like Jamie Foxx. This is my favorite Jamie Foxx movie. Uh, no, for me, honestly, and, and Ben actually kind of helped me get here with this, uh, I don't like Jamie Foxx. So What? That's it. Okay. <laughs> Neither of us really are fans of him. I, yeah. I appreciate Jamie Foxx. I just don't hmm. really enjoy yeah, him. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of him either. That's not my thesis. But yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's just for some reason. But the thing is, when you watch him more, I, I love him. Like, I actually like him in Horrible Bosses. He's a great I actor. like him in yeah. Ray. Yeah. So anyway, my thesis for this film, and, and Ben helped me get there when we were on our phone call yesterday. I don't... I, I know that no other director could have made this movie other than Quentin Tarantino and had it be as well-received as it was. There's something about the audience and the general demographic and the general society just accepting racism from Tarantino. It's it's one of those things like <clears throat> he always kind of meets it head on in like, every single like, one of his movies. Like racism as a subject, you mean? Obviously. Yeah, not right. saying that he yeah, is yeah. a racist. I mean, yeah. there's because there's a famous story that we talked about on our Crimson Tide episode where Denzel's in the room and Quentin Tarantino's kind of a he's like a ghostwriter. I mean, he wrote the script, yeah. so he's he's on set and you know. Tarantino uses the N-word in basically every single movie that he writes, and uh, he says it himself in Pulp Fiction. And so Denzel, <clears throat> being Denzel, stops everything and is like, hey, I want to have a conversation with you about why you think it's okay to write that word and use that word as a white man. He's like, Tarantino's like, yeah, you know, we can have this conversation later. And Denzel's like, no, I want to have it right now. And so they have it, and I don't remember exactly how the story went, but they walked away from it amicably, and Denzel understood where he came from. So <clears throat> to come back around to my thesis is... I don't think a, a Spike Lee could have done this. He's another Artur director, Artur director that that does yeah. odd films. But I think I honestly believe that Quentin Tarantino, having racial issues in his films for thirty years, having him being a white man, yeah. a very famous white man, one of the most famous directors ever, makes this movie more palatable to the general audience. And again, I'm not calling anyone a racist. I'm not saying yeah, that yeah. it makes white people or black people appreciate or not like this movie more because of who's making it. I'm just saying I don't think anyone else could have done it pulled it off and it be as well received as this movie was this is a, a top 250 movie you know yeah multiple Oscar nominations I, do you even think anyone would have been ballsy um, enough like, to do no, it no just like <clears throat> would this script have even been into the ether so someone could do it right because Tarantino writes and directs all of his own movies well yeah because mm-hmm. I think the reality of it is you know you if you are if you are the guy that wants to make this movie and you're white it's a very very difficult movie to get made it's hard. It's a hard script to sell. It's a hard movie to get made. So you have to be Tarantino. You have to be a guy that has the pedigree. That has. He's, he's known for adding levity in, in very intense scenes. Right. You, know? you mentioned it. You know, in, he plays Jimmy. He uses the N word in Pulp Fiction. That's his most famous movie, and he himself is saying it on screen. So yeah. there's and, a, and the, the sentence in which it's used hmm. is very derogatory, and very offensive. Yeah. But there's a there's a coolness to Tarantino as a director that people are sort of willing to accept him being like racy and violent and gory and like 
pushes buttons. That's a thing that he's done for a long time. Right. Um, and and he kind of gets to hide inside the black exploitation film culture. So he gets absolutely. To, it's an homage in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And so I think that's like it's very yeah, it's an interesting point to think about. Like who else could even have tried to make this movie? I always call Quentin Tarantino <clears throat> the best movie choreographer there is out there he because just takes he takes from, his, yeah. from all different things, and yes. a good choreographer will take from a ton of different dances and use it in their own to make it something different. Yeah, and you know uh, we have people in the chat here. First of all, chat's very excited to see Brianne Chandler. Obviously, hey, chat. people are Hi. a big fan of Miss Movies. Uh, and you know, someone said I think Black Klansman uses the N word a lot better than Django, and it's also hmm. that's also a black director. You got to yeah. remember that's Spike. That's literally the person I was just yeah. talking about in Spike Lee. Um, so yeah, again, not saying I don't I don't enjoy it. Not saying that Tarantino didn't do a good job. I'm just saying I don't think anyone else in the world could have pulled it off. Well, because sure. adding to your point, like it, so, let's just say we we mentioned you know if you're a white director doing this film, it's hard to do it unless it's your own movie and you're. Tarantino. So flip the other side of the coin. Highest grossing black director of all time, F. Gary Gray. What if F. Gary Gray tries to make this movie? Takes the script Hmm. and he decides to make the movie. It doesn't work. It becomes like a weird kind of offensive movie that doesn't have the coolness that Tarantino gives it. It doesn't get nominated for Oscars. Probably makes some money, but it doesn't get received the same way. This movie was like generally received as like this movie was really cool. Not like that movie was like a little bit offensive, but like that movie was cool. And it felt good to watch it, you know. Although there was <laughs> someone Christmas. in here saying, yeah, on Christmas. <laughs> Let's uh, go see a movie, kids. Who was it? Brett. I believe it was Brett that said, Brett Jones, I think, said it was the first time. Yeah, as a white guy, this is the first time in a movie theater ever that I was uncomfortable, but I still enjoyed huh. the movie, which I think, again, it speaks to the movie doing its job. It's yep. important to bring these issues up, but I also think. One of the things that succeeds most in this film is the ignorance of the racists makes you kind of, I mean, you obviously hate them, but it's in a different way. And I think that if you Mm -hmm. have a black director kind of adding scenes of levity or like having levity in that Mandingo fight, it might offend his audience. I I don't know. God only knows what would have happened, but I think it's an interesting point because, yeah, I mean, Tarantino is pretty singular in that way. And he can get away with so much. So, yeah, Brian, what do you got? I have a lot. A thesi, cool. as we've discussed. Oh, a plethora. I don't know which one to narrow it down to. <laughs> That's okay, usually my so job. I put most exciting third act of a Tarantino film. Okay. Most blood in the third act of a Tarantino film. Mm. Uh. Strangest use of soundtrack and no score, in my opinion. Weird Rizzo. soundtrack. Yep. Um, best dinner scene. Just ever. Ever. End sentence. <laughs> uh, worst Tarantino acting. Why was he using an Australian accent? It's like, why is that even yeah. necessary? His... That's like the guy in a commercial. I'm going to give my character a limp. And the yeah. best like, goodbye. Don't do that. The best goodbye in a film, which is bye, Miss Laura. Bye, yeah. Miss Laura. <laughs> yeah, those are all great. I so I don't I'm, know which one to I'm narrow it down to. to. Say, so so Ben and I actually feel like the movie falls apart in the third act, or it doesn't fall mm-hmm. apart, but it's like it's just extra. It's just the movie. The meal the, to me <clears> when <throat> I saw this movie in theaters, I remember walking out with my brother and my dad. My brother's favorite movie growing up was Pulp Fiction. My family's watched every Tarantino film together as they've come out. Like it's a thing. We all were like, I liked a lot of that movie, but why the fuck was it almost three hours long? It didn't need to be th- <laughs> three hours long. That's definitely for sure. It was like there was an, you looked at your watch at one point. It was like there's an why hour didn't he just left shake his movie? hand and we're done? He could have just <laughs> like, killed him just and go. the shootout, and then they get away. Why yeah. the extra twenty five minutes? Yeah, like why with uh-huh. the Australians and the whole thing with Tarantino? Like why? Yeah. Why is all that in there? So um, yeah, so my so my <laughs> thesis is going to kind of add on, mm-hmm. uh, and it's going to be there is there is no character whose retribution you root for more than a freed slave killing the people that enslaved him. I don't think there's ever there ever could be, there ever will be. There's mm-hmm. something about it, watching the civility of the white people in this movie, 
uh, justifying slavery. Like, it's just the way it's supposed to be. Even, like, Sam Jackson's character, just, like, you look at Jamie Foxx's character and you're just like, I want you to win so much. Yeah. I hate all of these people so much because it's a real thing. It's like, and, and it's funny that, again, we talk about this, but Tarantino, as a white director, making first a, a fantasy film about killing Nazis and then a fantasy film right. about killing slave owners back to back. Like, yeah. He's obviously obsessed with this idea of these revenge movies mm-hmm. where you get to kill Hitler. And it's like and it's it, <laughs> on his own people or like his own color of people, which yeah. is very interesting. But he's obviously obsessed with this. And, and watching this movie, I was finding myself thinking, I'm so in on Jamie Foxx. Like the oh, second, yeah. you know, my fist bump moment, we'll talk about it. But just like there is no type of character I could think of that I would enjoy watching their revenge more than a freed slave killing his slave owners. That's like, that is like, and it's why the movie, that's why he's able to make this movie. If you think about his elevator pitch for this movie when he wants to make it, like, I'm going to make a black exploitation film about a badass slave that gets freed, becomes a bounty hunter, and kills all of the slave owners. In the backdrop like, of a spaghetti <laughs> western. Yeah. Like, that's what that's the movie I'm going to make. And he's going to be a total badass like, sharpshooter. Yeah. I'll fill <clears> in the <throat> blanks later. Can I make this movie? Like okay. that, 100%. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because you know his dialogue is going to be fantastic. So uh, those are all of our thesi, all of them, I believe. Is there anything that you want to dive into any of them, Brianne, or do you want to stick with one, or do you like them all? You don't have. I'm not making you do that. I can't really stick with one. I don't think. I mean, most blood in the third act of a Tarantino film is probably just accurate. Just fact in in general. Yeah, (laughs) I would agree. It's a very bloody film, which is interesting because, like, when Kill Bill came out, because it was ten years, what, eleven years prior or whatever, you think. Mm -hmm. They had to turn the end of the movie black and white because of the issues with the with the ratings. You flash forward to twelve years later, and it's like they're just like you can blow whatever the fuck up you want at the end of Django. It doesn't matter. You can use someone's dead body as a shield for like yeah. five minutes. It's yeah. cool. It doesn't matter. It's just the way that he does it with how like explosive the blood is. So we know like oh this is supposed to be comical. It and explodes of that, out of people. Yeah. yeah. They're also like the shooting and the violence in this movie. I mean, he literally. If you slow the frame down, there's full frontal of a man's penis being shot off. That's it's thing that has... very unfortunate. Oh, in the, when he, it's in the final couple minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, right. And he shoots the guy full frontal, and he shoots his yeah. dick off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're Walton like, Goggins? Is yeah, that who it is? Yes. No, no, no. It's, I don't think it's Goggins. Oh, is it Goggins? It's, it's like one of, the, one of the brothers that okay. he goes and okay. kills in the, in the whatever. It's like the, when he goes back to collect that last bounty. It's one of those mm-hmm. guys. But yeah, it's a quick cut. You, yeah, you know. Shows a dick. Just in case. So <laughs> so that's what happens in this so movie. So slow it down and uh, press pause. Yeah, exactly. Or don't. But uh, we're going to get into our next segment of the show, guys. This is Fist Pump Moment. Something happens. You kind of look around. You're like, are you seeing this right now? This is so awesome. God, this is sweet. I love this movie. Uh, it's just like your ah, yeah moment. And uh, this movie has a lot of sweet ones. I'm going to jump in first on yeah, this one. Please, go ahead. So I love, and it's, it's pretty early on in the film, but it's when he goes and they collect their first bounty on uh on um the brothers yeah the just, sheriff yeah, after he's killed the sheriff don johnson's house they go yeah, to don yeah. johnson's mm-hmm. house and uh he gets that kill and, and you know it's the, i like the way you die boy and there it's just the fact that he's wearing what he's wearing yeah the <laughs> blue yeah poofy yeah it's amazing he's in like the blue like what like a bullfighter outfit or something i don't, I even, don't know even know what it is yeah. but it's amazing and like you're free and you chose to wear that yeah. something like that <laughs> Yeah, that whole sequence. <laughs> and it's just great the way he walks up because that's the first moment where you're like, 
He's like, you're like, yes. This movie is going to give me the payoff that I want. Do it. Yeah. Yes. Like, these guys are the worst. You were a slave. Kill them all. <laughs> and, then he, and then when he picks up the whip, are you done? Because I'm going to, like, piggyback on yeah. it with my yeah, yeah, mind. When he picks up the whip and he starts just whipping the shit yeah. out of the guy. Yeah. And, the, and the white, you know, the, the slave owner is, like, screaming on the ground. Like, oh, it hurts, right? Like, it must hurt, you know, getting whipped finally. And then it's the... Y'all want to see something? Yeah. And then he goes up and just unloads. Like, yeah. oh my God. How could that not be my fist pump moment? Yeah, not yours. I mean, I don't know if it's yours too. I don't want to steal <laughs> it's yours. It's not mine. <laughs> mine is just uh, the knowing what's going to happen when Sam Jackson talks to Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, when he's like, oh, you know what? They're coming here to, to buy, buy her. her. Yeah. Mm. And then he goes back into the in to the table and it's like oh no and you just have that feeling like the, my blood yeah. is starting to boil you know, like, Christoph Waltz knows something's oh. up he's kind of looking back and just know. his like how he gets so intense and like yeah. actually cutting his own hand like in that scene oh, and I that blood that. is his like because he was at such a height in his acting this I was like is... I would have probably been like I cut myself sorry guys yeah, uh, we're gonna have to cut Yeah, I think DiCaprio was was like <laughs> pretty awesome in this like he's, oh, he's phenomenal he's like i almost i was looking so this is actually an interesting one uh and this this is this counts as trivia obviously but like i was looking up his oscar nominations history a lot less than i thought yeah Leo's? definitely <clears throat> yeah like four like five catch me if yeah. you can the aviator no, didn't get it for yeah, catch me if you can. no but nominated uh, he was nominated for catch me if you can i don't think so yes someone i'm gonna tell look me. it up it's really? true it's true i just look looked this up. up yesterday Oh. So hopefully, I'm pretty sure he wasn't. But I know that <laughs> I know aviator. that there was no nominations between uh, 2006 for the Blood Diamond and Django. Mm. That there was like a there was a full run of like uh, six years of no nominations, which I thought was fascinating. He was not nominated. Damn it! I had a feeling Ben was right. I'm sorry. Yeah, because <laughs> I know Ben loves his yeah. movie so much. Oh wait, no, no Christopher Walken. Yeah, Walken and Williams. I think it's Gilbert. How Grape. dare I? Sorry, everyone. I think it's Gilbert Grape. But I'm going to leave now. <laughs> Trust me, this is me every week on the show where I say something that's like, actually, uh, uh, fuck shit. Uh, no, it's like, I think I think it's like kind of crazy that he is, he's arguably of our generation. He's the De Niro. Like, he's the guy that you're sort of just like, hmm. he's good in everything. So mm-hmm. everything he's in, and it's all so high profile. Every movie that he comes out with is kind of a big deal. You would think that a guy that takes the kind of roles that he takes by now, because mm-hmm. what I was going to say was, what triggered this was, if you think about when this movie came out, it's right, it's right in the heart of it for him. It's right where he's... He's doing that big run trying to get that Oscar. And so I was like, he must have had a ton in here. And I couldn't believe this was his first. Uh, this For a it, while. It's the next year after this. Wolf of Wall Street is his first one after Blood Diamond. It's seven years right. before he gets another nomination after it's Blood crazy. Diamond. Which I was like, what? That's like his prime. So many people in the chat are talking about that broken glass scene and how that is their personal fist pump moment. Uh, at the table. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great so scene, true. and it's it's such an offensive scene because the kind of the three dimples point that he's making. Yes, you're and like he's so convinced. You're, like you're like this is the kind of point that racists have been making for hundreds of years. Yep. like they try to justify these things with science, and it's just like it's so offensive. But you're like, I guarantee Tarantino found that in a book somewhere. Oh yeah, that's got to be. And you know, you love the way that Leo delivers it. He's like, so right now, if I cut off your head, yeah. cut your head open right now, and die, you're like, oh my god, yeah. this and is getting so intense. Having that, having those props ready. Like, yeah. how is that as a character? Like, you like, had that somewhere like, in a bag somewhere. Yeah. Just a, a <laughs> Side bed. note, my father-in-law has a real skeleton because he is a doctor. And um, he just got a real skeleton one day. And... I don't know when, like how long ago it was, because they stopped like 
You couldn't. You overseas, can't get them? you can't get that. They stopped selling right. them because people were killing for them, like Jesus. killing people to. So you could sell a skeleton. skeleton. That's horrible. Um, so he had one from forever ago, and like he brought it into my classroom, my first grade classroom, <laughs> and like we were um, going over She's all the bones because it was person. like bones. And then I was like, "This is a real skeleton, isn't it?" And and one of the kids was like, "Is a real skeleton?" <laughs> no, 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 I'm no, like, no. You know what? Well, scratch that. Do skeletons, <laughs> does a skeleton like a dried, fully, do they smell, smell? bad? Yeah. They just didn't have a smell, but it was, in a, it was in a similar, like, <clears throat> in a case? casing. Yeah. Like wow. this one that he <laughs> brings out. Also, how many times, uh, Brett, again, Brett Jones, I'm just going to shout you out all day today. How many times have we seen Leo fall into this style of role with his level of fame, where he's not even in the movie till the third act, mm. essentially? He's oh. killed off pretty quickly. He steals the show, but he is... Not even, like, he would get supporting is what he would get. He would yes. not yeah, get right. lead. Like, how many times does that happen? Great point, Brett. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, not very often, and especially in this period of his career, like... Because he's only the guy, you know? Yeah, if you, yeah. Go, if you go back to... So if you... Okay, and this is a good, this is a good transition. Well, actually, we're not doing Leo. No, we're not. So, okay, <laughs> so, so we'll, do a quick, we'll do a quick mini one right now. If you go back to the beginning of Leo's career, you know, uh, he comes out originally, his first feature film is Critters 3. Yep. He gets that Oscar nom in 93 for Gilbert Grape, so that's the early, mm-hmm. like... And then his 90s is like a series of kids roles. Yes. Marvin's What's Room. What's the first movie that him and De Niro did together? Uh, this Boy's Life. Yes. Uh, what is the condiment that is on his I face? I know fucking idea. <laughs> it's mustard. You may need to know that. So there's like a whole there, there's like a whole sequence of these kids movies that he does where he, or not kids but he played he like basketball diaries yeah, things yeah. like that. He's the child actor. Oh. The quick and the dead. Not, I watched oh, all no. these because I was in love with him so I rented all his movies when I worked at Blockbuster. <laughs> Romeo so and Juliet. I know all his early stuff. Titanic. So mm-hmm. he does Titanic. He goes away for like a year or two, Man in the Iron Mask, mm. the, the, the beach. And then he comes back. And this is adult Leo. He comes back with, with gangs and Catch Me If You Can. That's where it starts. He's literally never done it. The sink in? Yeah. The what, sink what, into the background. What I was going to say is that when he becomes an adult and he starts going for these mm. adult roles, I think you can say that Catch Me If You Can is at that time was more of a Hanks movie than a Leo movie because Hanks was more famous than okay. Leo at that moment. Yeah. And I think you can probably say that Gangs was more of a Day-Lewis movie than a Leo movie. But screen time, he's on screen, I think, more than both of them, or at least equally, yeah, which I think is so interesting um, that he does this in 2012. Like, yeah, I mean, maybe it's because it's Tarantino, right? Yeah, he's willing. Again, it's the one director, right, who you're like... Anyone wants to work with Tarantino. I'm pretty excited about, about his next movie. Me Once too. I'm really excited. Yeah, I mean, should be. Pitt and What's Gosling. his next one? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, okay. It's the Sharon Tate uh, oh. Mans- Manson movie. Ooh, it's got like a crazy okay. huge cast. Um, um, but yeah, so to get into these guys and where they were at in their role, I mean, Jamie Foxx, is, he had an amazing 2000s. Like his, his whole career, his star. This is even on the later half of it, like actually after the decline of the early on, you know, which so is. When was the soloist? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The soloist was a few years before this. Was it 2009? Eight? Uh, the Solace was probably 2009, yeah. I would have to guess, somewhere right in there. So then he does Due Date in 2010, which I don't even remember yeah. that movie. Yeah. Uh, and then he does Rio, he's Not a voice in Rio, which is a pretty popular yeah, animated right, movie, right. whatever. And then Horrible <laughs> Bosses, he's Motherfucker Jones. It's just like kind of an underrated movie, Horrible Bosses. That movie's pretty funny. I actually love Horrible Bosses. Yeah. It's one of my favorite movies ever. I have a really funny story about Dez with that movie. What was it? She bought it for me for my birthday and then took it away from me when she moved out. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I saw her room getting packed up, and I was like, is that my horror? Whatever, it's not worth it. seriously his most recent film for Jamie Foxx? No, no, these are the three that he did right before before Django. Due date is the 
Zach Galifianakis, Robert Downey Jr. movie. Right, okay, right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. It's when Downey Jr. was, I was like, like... I know it's one of those. It's, it was the point in time when people were looking at Downey Jr. and they weren't just like Iron Man. They were like, you did Iron Man, but you yeah. still could do other movies. Now it's like, people were like, the judge, not going to see that movie. Who was the woman <laughs> that was due in Due Date? Who played that? No fucking idea. We need to know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is important. Now, on the other side of things, you have Christoph Waltz. Uh, mm-hmm. Carnage in 2011, The Three Musketeers in 2011, Water for Elephants in 2011. Wow, he's busy. How do you feel about that, Dan Merle? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I never saw Three Musketeers. Nor did I. It's like for, it's the forgotten I. movie. I tweeted about I this once. I love the original Disney Three Musketeers. Yeah, I know you do. I it do. has uh, your boy, uh, all like, of my Michael Wincott. It the does. Yeah, and he's my a great boy, villain. And Tim Chris Kirk. O'Donnell. Yeah. Yes. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's a star That's another cast. one. We talked about this, right? Yeah. It's, it's all, a, Kiefer, Oliver Platt, mm-hmm. yeah. Charlie Oliver Sheen. Platt, yeah. yeah. Charlie yeah. Sheen. Rebecca De Mornay. Yeah. So, but... This is like, he was the guy. I mean, Christoph Waltz, when he came out with Glorious Bastards in 09, he was, that was that moment when everybody was like, okay, line up the next five movies. Cause like, yeah. every, and he wins He's the Oscar. Yeah. 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 So it's crazy that he wins the Oscar for that in 09 and then this in 12. And he's, just so similar in the two movies. I totally forgot that he won this Oscar. Yeah. Like it Yeah. It feels wrong. It's he's great. <laughs> he's great. But it's weird. It's be- like a Meryl Streep win. Well Well but, but she at least plays <laughs> we'll like it'll it be she'd get it like Julia and Julia and then she'd yeah, do like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know the Into post the or, something. or something. Yeah. Whereas this is like it does feel very much like the same dude. It's just yeah, it's just like he Well and this, this is this, a dude that's nicer than the other dude. Yes, if definitely. the other guy was nice, this He's would a nice be him. Version. Mm-hmm. Well, so th- this is something really interesting. Um so there's two kinds of actors and then there's two kinds of dire- like directors that want to cast actors in certain ways, right? So mm-hmm. there's a kind mm-hmm. of actor like Day- like like Day-Lewis or somebody who just he's going to completely try to disappear into the role. Like he's going to just absolutely do everything that he can to not be Daniel Day-Lewis in the role. Yes. And then there's people who who will do that at times, but what they get hired for mostly is to be the version of them that the world likes. Denzel's like this. He gets hired to be Denzel most of the time. Mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx has a persona yeah. that he got hired to play in this movie. Like he obviously sure. Tarantino was like, I want this character, and I think Jamie Foxx is this character, so Jamie Foxx be this character. Right. And it doesn't it's not like Jamie Foxx mm-hmm. like puts on makeup or walks with a limp or changes his voice or talks in a way that you wouldn't expect him to. He, like, literally... He just is Motherfucker Jones from Horrible Bosses with <laughs> thrown in a Western. And so by that standard, Tarantino's like, you know, it worked really, really well in, in Glorious Bastards. Yeah, Christoph, let's do that. I just right. want you to do it just again. Nice yeah, and, and, and again, you can't... He is the, almost the best part of this movie. I like Leo a little bit more, but they're, like, neck and neck. They're both phenomenal. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I can't... It just feels wrong because it is so similar, but he definitely is a incredible actor whereas DiCaprio it's like such a different character he's like he's the other kind of actor he's very much being asked to do something that's not him so yeah right right, this I feel like was his first like evil role DiCaprio yeah yeah really evil yeah he's really good at being a shit in this yeah really even I love how much teeth can make you dislike someone his yellow (laughs) teeth his yellow and black teeth you're like you must be a villain just because of your teeth it's the year before Wolf of Wall Street which Looking back, I think he should have won, and I think that he hmm. shouldn't have won for Revenant. I think he was great in Revenant, but I like him way more in Wolf Who of Wall Street. Who won that year? For Which year? When Wolf of Wall Street was up for? Twenty McConaughey, which is a tough oh, one. Okay. Yeah, that was okay. a good one. That was yeah. a really good one. Yeah. I love Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah, that movie's great. Yeah. And he's great. So. Uh, all right, so guys, we're going to get into what we started the show off with, and that is Schmodown Corner. Boom time. Yep, I don't know. Okay. Yep. Oh, there it is. Boom, look at that. Listen to this song all day, every day. It's I just want to do the laugh with you guys. You do. Yes. You want to okay. do it? <clears throat> Three, 
two. two. <laughs> What's up, assholes? <laughs> That's usually how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like Thank you for indulging me. I'm so glad that you <laughs> wanted to get in on it. I'm oh. sure that Jules loved that in the booth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm just going to sit back and shut up because I don't matter okay. anymore. <laughs> I'm so bummed I'm not in the team tournament. Yeah. Well, I, it's, yeah. I'm not in it because it's not about scheduling. I was totally open. I just fuck mm. Mike Kalinowski. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be in that. I don't want to be on a team with anyone other than Ben. I mean, that was that was definitely the hardest part about the whole uh, corruption storyline was like... Breaking up. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, we mm-hmm. we had this whole thing. We've you talked, were on a roll. And we've talked about this a lot of times before, Drew and I, that we... People love the laugh. We, <laughs> we never wanted team action to stop until we won a belt. Yep. That was yeah. like, we had this idea and we had, we had set it and... Uh, I mean, you know, Riley and I have played two matches uh, mm-hmm. so far. Spoiler alert, uh, we had a match go up two days ago. It went well. Um, so, you know, we're still in the tournament. And, yep. like, it, the the nature of Schmodown, as you guys all know, is that there's two halves of the year. There's league play, and then yep. there's the tournament. Yep. Once, right. the, once you get going with the back half after free-for-all and you get into the fall... Once you're out, you're out. And then you don't really no play again until the next year. Yeah, because there's Maybe no... Maybe not for six... Eight months. Yeah, right. Because there's not really a ton of opportunities because there's there's exactly. a very set schedule, and then also what happens afterwards. You have to deal mm-hmm. with the consequences of the tournament. You have a new champion. You have team whatever it might be. So there's storylines. I mean, yeah, exactly. And so I mean, this is like what happened to us last year. We you know we taped spectacular right after the tournament. It was like sometime right. in November, I think. Uh, it airs in December, and. We obviously lost last year's Spectacular, and we didn't play again until we played DC Movie News, and that was in, Gosh. like, May. Yeah, because we we, well, I had my band, oh, right. too. We didn't play a match for six months. And we destroyed them. Yeah, it was a great match. <laughs> it was a great match. <laughs> so, uh, I enjoyed that match. Yeah, so, what, that so t- talk to me about what you guys are, because I'll be honest, I'm, like, a little detached right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that you just had your match go up phenomenal. Like, the shit talk... You learn from the best. Yeah, it was good. It was, I channeled it was my, so good. Channeled my inner mm-hmm. dastardly. It was, because like dastardly is much more like in your face. Yeah, you're much more like you don't. You're like so irrelevant that I'm going to say the most fucked up thing because it's like insulting yeah. a, like a, a tree. It was. Like, it you was, mean nothing to me. T- talking smack to Bibiani in that match was was my favorite experience oh. as a heel I had had because I it's your magnus opus. I just was, and I was mean. I, I watched it oh, back. I know. You were mean. I, I just it. watched your guys' uh, interview with Riley or oh, you you know, in it. the secret headquarters for your Patreon. Yeah. You, you guys can morning. support now. Yeah, I watched that on the way over here while yeah. I was driving. Well, I didn't watch yeah. it. Yeah. I had it on. I was listening. Patreon, yeah. I was driving. I was yeah. watching the road. Um, but... Yes, I was listening to what you had to say, and I love how you, were, how you, Andrew, were saying like, you get to a certain point and the crowd is silent, yeah. and then you got to yeah. keep going. Yeah, you have you to do. continue because that's when the best parts come yeah. out. And that's the thing is like you, you, you know, because you had that moment early on in the match where you said something and no one heard it, and then Bibiani tries to throw a jab at you, and you kind yeah, of go right. back at him. And so even in that early on, that's a moment where a less seasoned competitor would have been like, fuck, I didn't hear it. And like, just right, knows with my... his, good job. Yeah, knows with his, good job. Good I've never met anyone that's cared less about the game than, than that knows. Uh, but then, yeah, you you really, I, that and the previous match, you were a horrible human being and Faust and Zipper, yeah. uh, Fouch, I was going to say, I said something wrong. Faust. Fouch and Zipper uh, really, really felt the brunt of that. So Yeah, they weren't pleased with me afterwards. So it, on the it, other side, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, yeah, that's it's been fun. We've played, we've played two matches, and obviously, uh, I'm excited about that. And Riley we, rounds you out better than I do. That's just a real thing. He's in just, terms of trivia, just, or in terms of personality, in terms of outfits. <laughs> no, uh, in terms of trivia, 
He personality, no way. Yeah. Team action is is the best personality, in my opinion. I truly I believe that Riley balances you out better as a competitor because he has a, a vastly different. I mean, our age difference, and then a vastly different uh, like knowledge of older films that I don't have. I mean, Riley is arguably a better player than I am, so that's would be a good reason why he would round me out. Yeah, like, but I'm I'm better than both of you. Yeah. I've, I've beaten Bo- I've beaten Riley. He's a two time <laughs> champion. I've beaten Merle. Okay, I'd like to hear what Brianna. Has. Oh, okay. Um, I do like the. The duality that you have with Riley in the, and you were talking about this also on your Patreon about how Riley will say, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm yeah, so right. sorry about this guy. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> he'll apologize for you. And I feel that's hilarious. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah I have that's a match one of my this favorite Friday. Things. Yeah, you have a match and, this Friday. Um, yeah, so that's going down. Check it out. See if uh, Drew will dress up with me again. We'll see. <laughs> we did that once. I think he was okay with it. As long as I bring his outfit to him, then right. it's okay. Like he'll he'll like get in it. You I know. Think, I think McQueenie, he, uh, in, in my opinion, we've talked about this a lot. There's only a couple people in the whole league that I think, like on a tr- on a pure <clears throat> trivia level, going head to head with, I would be like, Ugh. Mm-hmm. and he's one of them. McQueenie's one of them. Irwin's one of them. Well, McQueenie and Irwin. Yeah. Have an insane knowledge base and they're unflappable. They do not. They have the same uh, lackadaisical, don't give a shit attitude that Nost has with exponentially more trivia knowledge. Not that Matt's not good. Yeah. They're just insane. In terms of knowledge, I think those two, and I think Cushing is the other, that's like in terms of what she knows. But you can get in Rachel's I head. I also think yeah. those guys don't wear their heart on their sleeve. Like they like really right. don't show yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. what kind of emotion they're feeling because I know that Drew wants to win. Yeah. Like I know he wants yeah, to oh win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, how do you so. guys, uh, so do you know what your next match is? You know what yours is. How, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll start with that. How do you feel about is it? So, it's the Harris brothers now because JTE got yep. an accident. Is that that's right? That's right. Fucking bird if scooters, we, man. Watch if out. we get through them, then we go on to play and, uh, we, the odd couple because they had just they had just won. Oh, they beat they yeah. won their round two against yeah. uh, Paddington, right? Yeah. So how do you feel? Who's Lon's? He's his brother. Yeah. His real life brother. Yep. And is yes. he? Who is he? Is John. He's he a comedian. Okay. Yeah. That's all I know. The tough thing about that, for, <laughs> I think the tough thing about that for them, I would just guess, and I've actually never met John, is that. I think if you grew up with someone, in theory, the movies that you remember, your deep cut pulls you will be so them similar. Mm-hmm. You'll have such a shared base of knowledge. They probably talk to each other about movies their whole life. So I'm sure they both know a lot. I mean, Lon is pound for pound one of the best players there is. He yeah, he's lot. incredible. But uh, I think it would be hard to imagine that, that John would be able to bring a lot to the table. So I think you guys have a good shot. I mean, you got, you know, obviously, you, 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 switched, uh, you switched teammates. Yeah, yeah. You got Drew. (laughs) I did. You originally had Devon. Which guys, uh, uh, let me just let me just teach the audience something. A closed mouth doesn't get fed. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) So there you go. It's very fair. You wanted to win. I get it. Uh, Someone asking here question: Did Ben actually get very angry about Roca? Which and I mean, I'm assuming it's him crashing another interview. interview. (laughs) I mean, he probably crashed another one of your interviews. You know? Oh, in the post game, when I said I was going to hit him with my car. Yes. Um. Uh, no. I do want to say no, something. No, you weren't actually annoyed. It was just storyline. I mean, look, I get annoyed with Roka in the same way you get annoyed with I mean, Roka. Every, the same there. way everyone gets annoyed with Roka. He just, like, someone, Dennis Gretzky. Watching Roka crashing interviews is the only thing I dislike about the Schmodown. It's always cringy and it happens too much. He's just there always. I added in that. He, he works there. So. He crashed both post games. Yeah, both of them. It's unheard of. So he's playing Bibiani coming up, oh, and so he God. crashed both. So okay. It makes no sense, but I will tell you this: uh, Django has been asked six times on the showdown so far. Really? The most recent one was the one with Odd Couple and Paddington Two, and oh. they had the whole Brunhilda Brunhilda oh, yeah. situation. Oh, and I have Brun. a great behind the scenes yeah. uh, with Tom Dagnino, where he's like, 
asking me about what's going on, Broomhilda or Brunhilda, and I'm like, it's it's broom, like you know, sweep, and he's like, I don't have a broom, I have a Roomba. How about Roomba Hilda? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tom. Hello. All right. I love Bobby G. Bobby G. He's a he's a he's a treasure. He's a national treasure. And then, do you know who you have next, or is no. that still up to? It's founding fathers or corruption. Yeah, they have to play still. They're yeah. playing. I think, oh. I, think it's, I think it's Friday. Oh they my play? god! No, founding Monday. fathers. You guys play Friday. They play next week. They play next week. Yes. I want them to win so that you can kill Dan and Roca. Yeah, me too. That's what I want. Yeah, I agree. All right, that's uh, that's probably a good <laughs> enough yeah. Yeah, yeah. corner. Yeah, Woo. pop these off. So you guys can go watch the movie trivia show down. It's a movie trivia show. It's awesome. It's yeah. on a collider. Um, also, we have a Patreon and a Facebook. A couple quick shout-outs there to our patrons. Uh, we have a, a, a brand-new show going up this week. It's going to be Top 5 Tom Cruise Stunts. In the Mission oh, Impossible nice. franchise. Yeah, nice. Yeah. It was uh, submitted to us by one of the patrons. And also, we uh, we put up, as we mentioned, a, a 40-minute behind-the-scenes review mm-hmm. of that match with, with Mark Riley. He's in yeah. the Secret Headquarters. Yeah, it's a, it's uh, a yes. really cool episode. Uh, there's a, an orchid that's featured. Yeah. <laughs> it was a delivered by Roca after he beat It him. was. It was yeah. a condolence orchid. A condolence orchid. Mm. Uh, yeah. uh, so anyway, guys, let's get back to the episode. So, talking about Quentin Tarantino. Uh, do you we maybe to... just do his top five instead of talking about his career since everyone knows who he is and we're running out of time? It's fair. What do you guys think? Mm, yeah. Yeah? It's a fair point. Let's do it. Uh, so we have prepared a top five. Top five Quentin Tarantino films. Each of us is going to share our favorite Tarantino five. Uh, do you want to do... How do you want to do it? you want to go in order? Do you want to go from five? Uh, Should we all do fives, fours, three? What do you, what, what do you think, Brian? You're the guest. Um, How do you want to do I, it? I do have one question. Yes. Yeah. Is, can true romance be on this list? Oh, do we want to include movies written by? I think by? so. Well, he, did he have a hand in directing it at all? No. no. Not true at all. romance he wrote. He punched up the script on Crimson no, Tide. No, I don't think you do that. Okay. Because so I specifically didn't put it on my list okay. for that reason, okay. but then right. I wasn't sure all if right. he had a... Because he has like a, a sample director in Sin City that you could throw in, but like... Because he erects the one segment. Yeah, which yeah. is a very good segment. People yeah. are going to hate my top five, <laughs> by okay. the way. People Just usually so hate mine. everyone knows. Do you know? Or do you, do you want to hop in with your five? Sure. Number five, my, number five Jackie Brown. I feel it's very oh. underrated. Pam Greer um, is Jackie Brown. Pam Greer is incredible. I like that movie. Me too. It's a good movie. It's, it's a great it, one. It suffers from the, uh, we talked about this like a couple weeks ago, the movies you make in between. Mm. Uh, Great. The, right? So yeah. so, so uh, David Fincher makes Seven and he makes The Game and he makes Fight Club. So The Game, so the game will forever kind of be that crappy movie. You know, Christopher Nolan makes, uh, what, what did we say? He makes Batman Begins, uh, no, Pre- was this the prestige that was forgotten? Oh, about? he makes oh. Memento. Love the prestige. Right? He makes right. Memento, then he makes Insomnia, oh, then right, begins right. Prestige then begins. Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, Insomnia is that like. And oh. even the prestige was slightly overlooked, but it was just because his star was so hot that right. people saw it, and, and obviously it's so good. Yeah, so that happens That happens a lot with these guys where they mm-hmm. make. It's the movie that gets sandwiched in between and gets forgotten. So I think in a lot of ways, because he had just made Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. Jackie yeah, Brown. Yeah, Jackie Brown got over Jackie Brown popping up on a few of the lists here that our fans are throwing out. Um, my number five is actually going to be. Uh, the Hateful Eight. Interesting. I, I, I don't know why. Oh. I, I I was like kind of lukewarm on it. You but don't know why it's on your list, or you don't know why it's so low, or you don't know. I, well, why yeah, I don't know why it ended up this. as my number five over so many of the other movies. Even like Kill Bill Two okay. is a movie that I like a lot. But for some reason, I've seen Hateful Eight on Netflix maybe three times over yeah. the last mm-hmm. like month and a half. It's a very long movie, so I'll kind of throw it on in the background and come back to it. But. I just kind of love the I love the setting out of it, uh, the setting of it. I kind of love yes. all these char- Quentin Tarantino characters that we've come to know and love in different roles and like doing different it's like things. A stage like stage play, I could see this yeah. as a stage play, and I would love it as a stage play. And I was telling Ben before we got started, if you haven't seen the thing, watch the thing and then watch the Hateful Eight because. Hmm. 
The Hateful Eight is Quentin Tarantino's, like, this is this is the thing to him. The Hateful Eight is the thing. He, like, he, takes, he's making it. This he is how he's takes remaking his favorite it. Jackson. Tr- yeah. Truthfully, guys, I've never seen it. It's the only Tarantino film I haven't watched. Really? Someone else just mm-hmm. said that as well. Zephra has never seen Hateful Eight. I'm at a point with, with Quentin Tarantino where I, for some reason, just don't want to watch his movies anymore. Mm. Uh, I think he still makes good movies. I just, like, in general have found his movies to be kind of frustrating because, like, they all feel the same. Yeah. Uh, but I've still watched all of them but that one, so... And that it is Scott Russell. If you decide to watch it, one thing I will tell you is try not to read any of the credits in the very beginning. And now you're going to read them. But try not to because there's like kind of a spoiler really? of a name. And you're like, oh. oh. <laughs> like, so. Interesting. Don't read the oh, credits. Oh, yeah. I never even thought of it. That's a very interesting point. Uh, what do you got? Go, number five. Number five, I'm going to go Inglorious Bastards, uh, which is mm. funny because right. I haven't gone back to that movie in a while, mm-hmm. um, but I do remember enjoying it. It's like the... It's, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. It, it's like it's got another one of these characters that he writes, you know, Aldo Rain. That's a great character. Christoph is obviously great. Aldo Rain. Isn't uh, Diane Kruger? Isn't yes. she showing up? And Fastbender. Mm-hmm. And Fastbender. And they're both excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I like that movie a lot. I remember enjoying it. I, I only saw it in theaters. I haven't seen it since. It's been 10 years. That scene in the basement of the bar may oh, be man. one of, might be his greatest scene ever. Like the tension, actually, it's so tough. This movie has some of his greatest scenes because in the beginning, yeah. is incredible. The right. tension building scene with the Jews under the, the floorboards and yeah. like he sell and then the fact the farmer sells them out at the very end. You kind of don't blame him, yeah, but you also mm-hmm. kind of hate him. You know, it's it's and also it, sh- it should just be Lee Schreiber. Yeah, like I look so much like him. That yeah, guy totally, totally he does. does. Right. <laughs> I think I need to hear that. So it's been yeah, it's been a minute since I've watched this. That's my number five. Uh, Brian, what's your number four? My number four actually could like switch <clears throat> with my number three. Like mm-hmm. those two for sure. Uh, I put the hateful eight. At oh, number four. There you go. Interesting. Yeah, so you guys both have it on your list. Yeah. I have to see I it. I love the hateful eight. Jackie Brown made it on a lot of lists. It's not on mine. I put Reservoir at number four, which okay. I feel like might make a few people upset. Because people love that movie. People love that movie. Yeah. People it's a, it's love a, it's it. It's a little higher for me. Yeah. I, I rewatched all yeah. of Quentin Tarantino's films because I was like trying to Study. get a new, um, wheel, new slice. wheel slice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm really fresh on all of these it's a, films. It's a good slice, too. I feel like you probably have Reservoir at two or something, but I'm very curious to see what your one is. Don't you worry about it. I know. All right. So what's your four? What's your four? My number four is Jackie Brown. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, as I thought about it more and more, I realized that I I loved that movie. And there's a... So Elmore Leonard wrote all these books, mm-hmm. and a bunch of them got adapted into movies. So Get Shorty and Out of Sight and yes. this and Jackie Brown. He made a bunch that got adapted. Some very bad ones like Kill Shot. Um, Justified, the television show. The television show. show. Oh, yeah. And I just... The reason Jackie Brown gets overlooked is for exactly what we talked about. It's not mm-hmm. written by Quentin Tarantino. It's adapted. So it's the only movie he's ever directed that wasn't just written by him. Right. So and it was an adaptation. Um, and it's great. It's like a little... It's a little less interesting than mm-hmm. some of those other stuff. It's like a little slower paced. Where has Bridget Fonda been? Yeah, I know. Where has she been? She I like, miss her. I think she retired. I think she did. I think she retired like, from acting, yeah. I mean, but De Niro's so sweet. Like, yeah. Uh, what's he say? Is he dead? Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, oh, no. Is it Spacey 2 in there? No, no I'm thinking of uh, thinking of something else. Uh, it's, the but but the, the one guy who I believe... Is Robert Forster? Yes, I think he got oh, an Oscar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Robert Forster's yeah. fantastic in that movie. I'm pretty sure he got nominated for Oscar for that. Yeah, you um, love I him think in that. You were correct. Yeah. Um, so that's your number four, Brienne. Oh. What's your number three? That was uh, uh, you could have swapped out. My number three is Django. So I could have switched okay. that with Hateful oh. Eight. So those are real close. Django didn't make my top five, nor, nor mine. Inglorious uh, like is my number three. Okay, so you yeah. like it a lot. So it's not, mm. I, gotta, I gotta go back and rewatch some of these. Yeah, I love Inglorious. Yeah. 
Number Which three. Was your three. Uh, my number three is Kill Bill. It is. I knew it would be. Which is funny because. Are we talking about as a. Nah, just the first one. One. Oh. Just one. Oh. You gotta break them well, up. No. Oh, is that what well, you that did? Changes oh, that changes. Oh, changes things. We give you, we give you a license to do it Because I Yeah, you get I'm, license to do whatever you want because you're dressed, dressed as, as Beatrix okay, Kiddo. It's funny because I, I remember when we came in to doing that film on the show, which three years ago or something, uh, I hadn't seen it since it came out. Yeah, you were not and, a fan. And I didn't like it. And when we watched it again, I was like, this movie's really yeah. sweet. Mm-hmm. I didn't like volume one the first time I watched it. It was too campy for me. It had too many. Then I loved it. And then when I watched it again on this show, I loved mm-hmm. it. I yeah. thought it was great. I love that. She's movie. awesome, and it has all these great moments. And yeah, it was it was terrific. So that's my number three. Number two, uh, Inglorious Bastards. Wow, mm. wow! I have yeah, to. Yeah, you I, do. This conversation's yeah. real. Oh wait, realize. I'm stupid. Obviously, pastries. it's Pulp is your number one. Is it? Yeah, it's got to be. So mine is my number two is Pulp. Okay, Pulp Fiction is is. Mm-hmm. I mean. Come yeah. on, that's my number two is Pulp Fiction. Oh wow, really? Yeah, yeah, crazy. Okay, yeah. so that means his number one no. is Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs, my favorite Tarantino mm-hmm. movie. Mine is clearly Kill Bill. I think yeah. everyone, all of our fans, would have known that. And yours, mine is, is Kill Bill Volume One and Two. Well, Volume Two, <clears throat> then Volume One. So you like two more than one? I do. I, do I like love it more of a narrative. The cruel tutelage of Pai Mei I've is one of my favorite in, things. In, in many moons, I saw them both in theaters, and I haven't rewatched the second one since two thousand two or four two thousand four. Um, but uh, yes, I, I for me, Reservoir Dogs is the one. It's the movie that mm-hmm. I, when I've gone back to watch his old movies, it's the one that I find I just like. Pulp Fiction is clearly his best movie. It's right. iconic, and it's like everything about Quentin Tarantino is that movie is the movie. It encapsulates him perfectly. But Reservoir Dogs is like that, except way less polished and so raw, and it has mm. like, it's just great. It feels cool. It's a cool crime movie. Yeah, it is. That's why we dressed up as it today. And also, like, there is there are a few scenes ever in movies that to me are as memorable as Michael, Michael Madsen Madison's. cutting off the ear. Yeah, yeah that's that is what one we of use the stuck most. in the middle with you as our as yeah. our entrance yeah. music for yeah. Take the Cannoli. It's a me great. And Drew. Yeah, it's a great. It film. is one of the greatest <laughs> scenes of all time. Like ever, Michael that, Madsen's greatest moment on on camera. Oh yeah, and he start, and that and that soundtrack is fantastic. The yeah, whole thing. and just the crew, like everyone's so young, and you and you look at them and you're like. Every one of you are legends. Like, yeah. you're all going to be legends one Super day. Super famous. All character acting legends, yeah. Uh, so that's our top five, guys. I know that you threw yours in the chat as well, but we are running out of time. Only a few minutes left on the show. Um, what should we do? I think probably we can get into Critical Box <clears throat> Office. We, we started a couple minutes late, and we obviously have... Uh, I think we have a little bit of leeway because we're filming another segment after. That Jules, can you confirm that we're uh, are we running up against minutes right now? No, you guys are good. Thank okay, you. awesome. Thank you, Thank you Jules. Uh, yeah, so critical box office here. We got the Weinstein Company, a company that you will not see that much anymore. Uh, $100 million budget opened on Christmas of 2012. It's always interesting when they open very violent movies on Christmas, yeah. but it does happen a Tarantino lot. Tarantino likes to release it then, it seems. Yeah, again, it's he, he just kind of transcends like the norm because it's like, oh, the family's all together, but Tarantino made another movie so we'll all go what, see what it what did i say me yeah. and my dad and my brother on yep. christmas exactly. watch this movie yep so uh my family would never do that <laughs> so, we would go see like oh, yeah. cheaper me, by the dozen our family no way <laughs> father um, of the bride part two yeah these and are this, things that i remember watching on christmas with my parents this is where quentin tarantino's name is such a huge thing 162 million dollars domestic 262 million worldwide for a grand total Crazy. of 425 million dollars for a movie starring Jamie Foxx and Christoph Waltz in 2012. You know, like, it's, they weren't, it's not like now where you put Brad Pitt and Ryan Gosling in a movie and it's like, holy shit, Brad yeah. Pitt's coming back out and Ryan Gosling's <laughs> been on top of the world. Um, Is that, wait a minute, I thought it was DiCaprio and, and Pitt. Am I wrong about that? 
Or no, no, DiCaprio and Pitt. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, so I don't know why I kept saying Gosling. Um, <laughs> because I wanted to be him. <laughs> yes. Uh, so much. But yeah, DiCaprio and Pitt, which is also just like two of the biggest names ever in Hollywood uh, doing a movie together. So then we've got... Uh, IMDb gives this movie a 8.4, and I'm just scrambling right now to really quickly try to see what ranking it is on the top 250. And then uh, it's while you find that, uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives it an 87% by all critics, 75% by top critics, and a 91% by audience. That all seems about right. Yeah. I mean, a top yeah. critic would say this movie is probably 30 minutes too long. I think most critics <laughs> yes. would be like, this movie is really good. Uh, I like it. And then audience is probably like, this movie's awesome. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the longest part or the part of the movie that you feel like is not necessary is filled with awesome action. So cool. Exactly. So what's it? Did you find it? Yeah. 61. Sixty first greatest, greatest film of all time is Django Unchained. I'm gonna run for office and try to have the IMDb Where is top two fifty abolished. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna look up Inglorious and Pulp Fiction uh, <laughs> as you guys talk about your okay. favorite lines. And Kill Bill. My favorite line is hundred. I, I mentioned it in the lead up, but it's yeah. it's when he says at the bar to the, the Mandingo <laughs> owner. Uh, the D is silent, and he's like, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so good. Because you've seen a scene already, like yeah. 20 minutes earlier, where he can't spell. Right. And, that, <laughs> and he's learning how to spell. And the fact that he says that at that moment while he's drinking to the bar is just my favorite. He, he is a very, very fun character. He, I like he him is, a lot. Yeah. Django's yeah. super fun. What, uh, what about you, Brienne? Um, there's plenty of lines that I love, like the you have my curiosity, now you have my attention. Yeah, that's a great that's a one. one. I also like, I count six bullets, I count two guns. Yeah. Like, that's my favorite. Like, pulling out this other gun. Mm, oh, Sam well. Jackson, what a fuckhead he is. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, that was actually one of my uh, original thesis, guys, because this is the most off-brand role that Sam Jackson's oh, ever taken, and it's yeah. actually my favorite one of his roles, because yeah. he's so hateable. Um, so hateable. Wow, okay, so so that makes sense. The Pulp Fiction's number eight. So that's that. That would make okay, sense, okay. Uh, I guess. You know, and uh, yeah, I mean, Kill Bill so. is number one hundred and sixty nine, hmm. and Inglorious Bastards is ninety fifth. So this is technically his second best. I mean, I don't know. I didn't look at all the other ones. Hmm. I'm not going to do that. But <clears throat> kind of crazy. Full eight. <laughs> it's probably higher, honestly. Uh, so for me, my favorite line. Gosh, I think it's I like the way you die, boy. Yeah, I love really that good. line. It's that just so. So good. Yeah. Oh, you know what? And there's, I have one from Waltz too. When uh, Leo's like, I think you're a sore loser. Yeah. And, and Waltz is like, and I think you're an abysmal winner. Yeah. Which you're just like, ah, what a great way to say fuck you is to someone. Is that right before he shoots him? Yeah. Right okay. before. Yeah. Because he goes, yeah. And then right afterwards he goes, uh, I'm I sorry, I couldn't it. help myself. Yeah. And that's great too because you know he knows he's going to die. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that because we haven't even talked about the scenes in this movie that are almost impossible to watch, which is like the Mandingo oh, fight and yes. the, yeah. the dog yeah. in turn yes. eating him. like, And then the flashes that they show for Waltz, which I think is so powerful that they show him for Waltz and not anyone else. Yeah. yeah Django's exactly. used to that shit. He's right. seen it before. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, and, and this movie is structured, I think the best parts of this movie are those moments that Tarantino is crafting these these scenes with his dialogue where they show up to a town, they kill a guy, they say they're drinking a beer, and he comes out and he has to convince someone not to kill him and take the papers out of his jacket. Right. And you're like, are they going to kill him? Are they going right, to kill him? Right, right. But he gets away with it. You're like, ah, oh, I love these guys. <laughs> um, you know, like, that's all That's all great. I love, and we, we talk about, like, the 
Do you think that the Don Johnson Ku Klux Klan stuff is necessary, or do you think it's do you think it's looking back one of the things that makes this movie too long? Just like an extra like what? probably makes it too long. I think I agree. I mean, we're already we needed our first explosion though, so that's where it yeah, came from. yeah, exactly. <laughs> good point. First act, first act explosion needed. Boom. Yes, Here we all is. we all know how we feel about these people <laughs> yeah. throughout the movie, so it does feel a little heavy handed. Yeah, right. It's like yeah. get us to where we need to get to faster. Get get Leo into the movie faster. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, so I know one of the questions online for AMA question was, well, you know, Will Smith turned down this role, and right. Jamie Foxx took it. How do you guys think that would have been? Like, could Will Smith have mm. even done this? I think so. I think he would have been pretty great too yeah i think you yeah, i mean right? I, I think you would have played it pretty similarly i think they i think you're you're buying uh with that actor you're buying a similar thing you're buying, you're buying that you, swag yeah exactly mm-hmm. you're buying that like be will smith i mean i think it's a little more in jamie fox's nature to be this character than it is in will smith's character mm-hmm. right if this came out 10 years earlier than will smith for sure yeah, yeah. i think will smith is generally a little more wholesome and cool mm-hmm. he's a little less like tough uh, and Jamie Foxx pretty tough in this movie, so I think, you know, you know it's crazy. Huh. Uh, Richard Aaron Jarvey just told us that our episodes that are longer than an hour get yeah. exponentially more views. Really? Yeah. So we're just gonna sit here for ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about Clash Royale, maybe. Talk about Clash Royale. I think it's very interesting, guys. If you, if you, no, no, not even to start. Uh, uh, I, have I, a, <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion as to why. Because <laughs> I would never end. Uh, yeah, I'm going to look up a couple other questions here that we uh, we saw online then, because since we have time, we're, we're going to be taping something else. Um, we will do that. Brienne? Mm-hmm. I'm listening. I'm here. I know there Hello. was one specifically. Well, I mean, okay, so so you picked this movie as your third movie. <laughs> it could have been me. <laughs> Thanks, Jules. That's wonderful. <laughs> Uh, why did you pick this over the other ones? Why did you pick this? I mean, just because just we've done Kill Bill with you before and you didn't want to talk about... What was your number two? What? No, what the movie, for the movies you wanted to cover your on the show. Your top five, yeah. What was oh. your number two from Tarantino? My number two from Tarantino? On oh, gosh, list. I'd have to look back right now. Uh, Inglorious Bastards. Uh, I, I just want to apologize that I don't have Pulp Fiction and I don't have Reservoir Dogs on my list. So Because I feel like... <clears throat> No, because we didn't do seven <laughs> films. I would have, I would have put them you on the them list. All there. <laughs> so then it would have been six is Reservoir Dogs and seven is Pulp Fiction. I have a feeling we're gonna do almost every one of his films at some point because I, th- I'm, I know we're gonna do mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction. That's that's something we're close on. We've talked about it. We've gotten close to doing yeah. that. I know that we're gonna do Reservoir Dogs at some point because it's my favorite. It's great. It's super actiony. It's like shootouts and stuff. I would imagine we could get away with Jackie Brown. We've already done Kill Bill. We've now done this. We'll definitely do Inglorious Bastards. Both Kill Bills. No, I, maybe Just... we wouldn't do part two because it's a little more narrative. It's a little slower, yeah. if I remember correctly. And uh, if Hateful Eight's great, I mean, I would I wouldn't be surprised Hateful if we were able so to do. Oh, I guess we'd never do Planet Terror or Death Proof because I don't think either of us like those movies. Oh yeah, Death Proof was mentioned a handful of times on on here. I'm not really a big fan of it either. I liked it better the second time I watched it, and I just watched Death Proof the second time. <laughs> Is there but... any chance at all? And be honest, like just just objective answer that if you were asked, but prior to this conversation, what was the original title of those films were released under, you would even hesitate for a second in saying I would never know. You wouldn't know the title. In Planet Terror. Planet Terror and Death oh, Proof. You're right. talking, oh, yeah, no. Grindhouse, super easy. Yeah. Easy. Okay, because yeah, yeah. that was my okay, three-point like, question that we just wanted <laughs> to match And Viviani was freaking out. And I think for good reason, well, that's, that's a, a pretty easy... More of a two-pointer than a three-pointer, I would say. Yeah. But um, but still, not a five, so... Agreed. And they got to... Their question was, which which Jim Sheridan film biopic starred Daniel Day-Lewis? There's two of them. 
Right. He got nominated for Best Actor for both of them. Like, <laughs> that's not exactly a five-pointer in my mind. I was like, I'm, I'm just thinking, like, because I don't know more. I know more biopic rather than director. So even me, who wouldn't guess the director because I wouldn't know who it was, would go to In the Name of the Father, which is the yeah. other one. Yeah. That yeah. They said my it's a five-pointer. Foot, so so, anyway. so uh, the other thing that we, and we talked about it a little bit, but people are saying that, they truly believe that Leo, and Dino Hadziomerovic brought this up online, truly believes that Leo deserved the nod over Waltz because it's hmm. more off-brand. Yeah. His, when he's on screen, you are completely captured by him. I mean, it's your fist pump. You know, Your favorite right. parts involve someone who's in the movie for yeah. 25 minutes. Totally. I, I think I agree. Like I, I would I love I to agree. see Leo get an, an, a supporting nod. I actually would have even been happier for him winning it over Waltz in this. Yeah. I mean, hmm. it would have been at that point, you know, obviously you only put up one guy from your movie. Right. It's very rare that you get more than one. I mean, I, I'm trying to remember who else was nominated that year, but I know one of them was definitely De Niro for Silver Linings Playbook. Mm-hmm. And that was that was the big heart, you know, the heartwarming story. Is he going to get his late Oscar? Um, eh, he wasn't as good as Waltz. And I would have been happy to see, you know, DiCaprio win. Waltz is the backbone of the movie. Though. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's there from scene one. So, uh, all right. So, uh, there are three action movie categories, guys. Totally ridiculous, totally huh. legitimate, and ridiculously legitimate. Uh, they <laughs> explain them a lot of times. I won't bother this time. They should kind of explain themselves. Yeah, this is actually an interesting one. Yeah. I, for me, this movie is totally ridiculous. Really? Yeah. You can't even go to the middle. Because it's intentionally totally ridiculous, but it's like... Way yeah. long, mm. so cartoonishly violent. There's like blood splattering. I told you, there's a full frontal dick shoot off yeah. in this movie <laughs> on screen. He shoots off a man's penis, and they don't show it. Like they don't make it artistic. It's like, and it's intentionally funny and weird and quirky. But it's so long and intentionally weird and quirky that like I don't even really know what he's going for with certain things. Like at the end when uh, Jamie Fox lights the fuse mm-hmm. and the place is about to blow up. And they cut over. You just keep watching the Carrie Washington. They, they cut over to Carrie Washington for a second, and she's like, <gasps> and she right. plugs her ears. You're like, what is this? Is it, like, is that a cute <laughs> reference to something? Like, why did you show me her? Co- and smiling. He was clearly not far enough away either. Like, if you watch yeah. how many steps he takes out oh, of the yeah. house, I'm like, you got to go farther, friend. And he puts on his sunglasses at night. But it, I mean, it's <laughs> awesome. It's totally awesome, but it's totally ridiculous. It's totally impractical. Okay, all right. So then, Brienne, mm, on the I other was, side of it, I would agree with that. Really, I would agree with totally. Really, ridiculous. yeah. I was gonna go ridiculously legitimate. Yeah, I mean, it's a there's fair just argument. Too yeah. many things in there that there's a lot of. It's a it. smart movie that has like a lot of like really really intense shit. Yeah. It's, it's got an interesting commentary on racism and slavery. So I, like, I think I think the mm-hmm. commentary on slavery is too much for me to just call it completely ridiculous. Obviously, I'm not saying you guys are insensitive to it, but I just think those moments for me, right. since it is real, those things did happen for totally. me, and and those those moments in the movie where you kind of like stop and you're like. Oh, right. This is a movie about slavery, not a movie like a fun revenge movie, you know? So I think I'm going to go middle category, but I definitely can understand and appreciate where you guys are coming from. Yeah. 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 Fair. Um, So, guys, that's going to wrap us up for the categories. There's just one last thing left, and it's called The Pitch. Look at that. She got it. I love it. I did. I'm very happy about it. it. I saw she knows. You could have seen slow mo as I started to introduce that. You could have seen her like recognize it was happening, be like, Yeah, it's absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> That's how you know somebody's true that she's a brigadier general. She's a yeah. real fan of the show. That's, That's goddamn right. right. Uh, so, guys, uh, coming up next week on the show, we have a Halloween episode. Andrew and I are going to be covering "Don't Breathe," and yes. believe it or not, I've never seen the film. I haven't either. It's I've never watched so it. So good. I've seen it a couple times. I watched it for the first time with my improv team for mm. fun. 
Uh, and yeah, I we do all want to see it. it. It's it's amazing. I love that girl from Suburgatory. Yeah, I don't remember her name. Levi, Levy, Jane, Jane, Jane Levy. Levy. There we go. She's freak- also in Monster Trucks. Great in that. It's freaky, right? <laughs> yeah, and creepy and gory. Freaky, creepy, gory, and not super don't gory. Watch the but trailer, it's about uh, it's about three kids robbing a blind man, and that's yeah. all you need to know. Yeah, don't Sweet. don't watch the trailer. I haven't seen it yet, but. The trailer, there's a part that, like, really, I was like, oh. Oh, yeah, don't oh. watch it then. Don't watch it then, because it already sounds like you shouldn't see it. <laughs> I mean, Yeah, I missed a uh, question in Shmoda on this movie, so I'm glad I will never miss one again. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, you did. I missed who dar- You I, did, and I knew it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, all right, guys, that's going to wrap us up for the show today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, we'll be back same time, same place next week with Don't Breathe. Thanks, Jules. Bye. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only, and not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.